Hello, listeners. This is Dr. Taylor Hartman with Very Best of Living. It's so good to have you with us this week. I'm with my good friend, Kat Larson. Kat, hello. Hello. What's been happening? Well, what's so fun is so we're at, so my granddaughter was graduating. <laughs> my grandson was great. He goes, don't come to my graduation. It's boring. It doesn't mean a thing. Um, and he's so yellow, literally. I mean, he is, he, I don't know how he graduated. I don't know. So they're sitting in the audience and his name is Easton Gunn with an asterisk. And of course, his mom and I had the exact same question. Oh my gosh, he has to see the principal before he can graduate. <laughs> like, there's no way he's graduating, right? No, no. She reads further and it says, graduating with honors. Oh my God. <laughs> I said, I said <laughs> that is not, is that is not his life. I don't know what is. I mean, there's just no way on earth it's honors. I said, how on earth did you pull that off? He goes, I'm smart, Bubba. <laughs> you're smart. Taylor, it is not a no. silver spoon. It's a yellow spoon. I'm just telling it you, it's a, not a silver spoon yeah. in somebody's mouth. It is the yellow spoon. What a um, great way to look at it. It is the yellow spoon. It is. And then I had my other granddaughter. She graduated. And you know, it was so great. She was so excited. And she's red with blue. She's strong, bold. She, she's fun. She's happy. And the, at the end, they were announcing the names as they went up there. And this one guy that would do half of them was so like, like he was so great. He said almost like a, like a movie star. Yeah. And, and it was just fun the way he was so this deep booming voice <laughs> and the way he would say it was that here they are kind of thing. <laughs> so it was very, very cool. Very fun to see it happen. I was thinking about that at graduation. Like for them, it's such a major event in their life. Mm. And so happy for them. Right. And then you're also like going to a wedding and you're thinking, they don't have a clue what it's going to be. <laughs> and that's kind of true with high school graduation, right? I know. They have no clue what you're going to experience. No clue. Well, and you know, endings and beginnings. My daughter's, her last day in Amsterdam is today. And uh, I've gotten, as of what time is it here? 12.05. I've probably gotten five calls of her just can't even talk like <laughs> mom so oh she oh. goes i just fell in love i go what did you fall in love with she goes just everything i just everything. fell in love with everything and i'm like well i'm so glad you're crying that you're leaving i really am you know so, so. good you know what's sad about that is really that's true of life like the more passionate you are the more effective the more you love a child mm-hmm. um the harder it is to see them go the mm-hmm. harder it is to leave, yes. um, like the country, the harder it is to give up a job. Yes. And yet, well, you wouldn't want it any other way. So that's very, it's very exciting. Oh, yeah. I mean, just the just the fact that, and, and we, we talked about this morning, I said, you know, she's like, what is it going to feel like? I go, well, here's the, here's the thing. You don't compare. You don't go back to Seattle and compare. Amsterdam no. to Seattle, no. you know, Good you don't you. do that. You just go, no. that is a, like a special thing. It's like, it's just its own thing and don't try to hold it up to anything else. So healthy. Cause if you do that, comparison is the end of joy, right? The that's death right. Of joy, then you lose the magic of Amsterdam. That's right. And that, that's true of all of us. Like everything we do in life, right? Mm-hmm. Like don't try and compare it to the next thing you're doing. Mm-hmm. Like that's even true of like children. Don't make the comparison. Enjoy them for who they are. Yes. Yes, that's they'll, that's and they'll feel that. They'll feel it, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. We've all felt it. I mean, did you feel it in your family? It's so funny. I I was oblivious. Like honestly, I I just thought the sun shined with me. So it, I didn't notice that I was not a favorite of my dad. <laughs> and, and you I, didn't even know. 
I didn't even know. Like that's t- ignorance is bliss. I guess. Was that that's in his funny. will at the end? Oh, by the way, Taylor, you were the worst. <laughs> you were you were the one that was hardest for me. But I you still know. felt loved. Really, you still felt loved. Very much so. And I thought about that many, many times. How fortunate I was to have that. Mm-hmm. Like at the graduation, people are yelling for the person that when the name came up, mm-hmm. and I thought, isn't that cool that these people are all celebrating this person? And caring about them. And then what does it feel like to have somebody who is alone, mm-hmm. doesn't have that, who came over on their own, for example, or whatever's going on? We're very fortunate, those of us that have support in, in our younger years. I yes. think it's very cool. Yes, yes, So yes, today yes. we're going to do something very different. We're going to have a question and answer period, right? Yes. Yes, we are. So okay. um, I've just pulled some off of our Hartman personality Instagram account because I think um, and please, listeners, if you're not following, get on and follow um, Hartman Personality. And you can ask, we have a Ask Taylor Tuesday and Taylor gets on and responds, not just with, I mean, like some really, like <laughs> really heavy duty questions come in and you do a great job in that little <laughs> space that you can type in, Taylor, of really getting to <laughs> the, that directness that you talk about, right? You just get right to it. So um, I love that. So the first thing, though, I just want to ask, you know, I like to throw in questions about you. So um, you are at a place where you, you, I think you told us you were going on a trip to Peru, right? Yeah, right. Correct. And you like travel. and Love and travel. You love travel. And so when you say you love travel, tell me the number two, like one and two of what it is when you go someplace that the data that you take in that you love, mm. what, what makes you love it? That's good. I... First of all, it's it's the culture. I'm so intrigued by how people live, different cultures, how they experience life. And unless I'm there, I don't really get a chance to just see it. Like, like you can tell me about it, but I want to actually feel it. And so being in these places for me is such a different ambiance than reading about it or hearing about it mm-hmm. or actually seeing it even on a videotape. I mean, I'd much rather feel it. Mm-hmm. And so being there, that's number one. Probably number two is learning. Like, I I feel like I am, when I'm traveling, I am like on high alert. I'm always, I'm not just vegging. I'm actually experiencing new new ways of thinking, new uh, understanding of how people can navigate life and each other differently, mm-hmm. um, appreciating um, what they bring to me by seeing them interact with me mm-hmm. uh, in different places I go. So probably those two things are the most important. The, the culture and the people with together and then the learning opportunity. What place sticks out in your mind as the thing that hit you the hardest or you experienced the most in those two things? Like what place do you just go, oh, this was, man, I really felt it. I really learned a lot. Yeah. I was surprised. Oh, well, okay. So I, I really can't limit it that well, but I'm going to, Africa was honestly, it was the most uh, surprising. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I was like so stunned to see the magical beauty. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I mean, I, I just can't even explain to you the the beauty and then the simplicity of the people, like they have nothing, zero, and they are happy and they, they care and they, they dance and they engage and, 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 um, they're not. I, I don't know. I, that whole Africa was a very unique experience. And then to see people who are so trapped, like they really don't have uh, the freedom 
to challenge and speak up about things. They're not really educated as much. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was very contrasting. I think Venice was probably the most surprising in terms of a city uh, to me to see a place that's all, it's all waterway. It's thinking very just artistic in my mind, the artistic nature of it. Um, and then Italy, it's hysterical to me. Like they're so yellow, like they're, they're literally falling apart and they're all having a great time. Like it's <laughs> unbelievable to me. Just the sense of living in the moment, right? Having a great time. I still remember driving out of Switzerland, all pristine, all orderly into Italy. And all of a sudden, and there's literally no any lane. You go anywhere you want to go. And I'm like, I think I've come home. Like this feels like home. And Jean is like covering her face. <laughs> so, so I, I you know, it. all of, yeah, all of those. I mean, all anywhere I have been, I have been surprised and intrigued and never disappointed, by the way. I've never said I'm, I wish I hadn't come here. So never. Not one place Never. you say I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Nope. Nope. Interesting. Never. Well, good. That's good to know. Because I mean, you know, because, well, I think that's a choice too. I mean, you know, your expectations have to be, you know, if, if your expectation is like learning and, you know, learning and the culture and the feel of it, I mean, you're going to feel different any, every time you walk out of Utah, right? You know, it's just well, going to well, feel you're different. You're right about that. You know, that's a good insight because I did think of a couple that went who have plenty of money and they went and hated Rome. I said, it's the eternal city. How can you hate Rome? And they said I was dirty and uh, they didn't treat us the way I wanted to be treated. And so you're right. I was stunned. I I remember thinking, well, that tells me more about you than about Rome, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I can't imagine that either. I mean, just having having gone to Europe for the first time, it's like, you know, now I'm like, I want to go everywhere. I want to go everywhere. Yes, you you do. Um, So, okay. So we're going to jump into some questions. Um, Thank you for answering those. Um, You bet. So the first one is, and I think we can never get enough help um, in a healthy way with this, which is um, how can you help a blue with emotional support? So you're saying they need emotional support. How do you give it? Yeah. How do you help a blue? How can you emotionally support a blue? Really emotionally support them the way they would feel it, not just like, yeah, I understand. Well, number one is you have to be um, sincere. Mm-hmm. You have to genuinely care about what they're sharing with you. For those of us that are not blue, we often will kind of say, could you just get to the end of the story? Like, I really want to hear the whole <laughs> deal. They know that the minute you say it and they do not feel supported. They feel dismissed. And they're because they're pleasers, they try and hurry. And so they really kind of trip over themselves. They trip over themselves because we're not giving them a chance to have the full experience. Yes. Number two is you have to understand them. Like, it, it's so interesting. This woman who's an alcoholic, she says to her daughter who's getting married, um, I just want to, we want to sit down with you and I want to understand how we can make your life better and, and how we can support you. And then she said, uh, the, so the daughter who's short, very healthy says, you could be home. Like you could actually be here. She goes, I don't think you understand why I can't be there. Like I'm trying to build a business and I'm, and I said, oh my gosh, the minute she's asking how, can I support you? The person tells them and she t- she denies it by saying, you don't understand me. I can't possibly do that for you because I have this. So when a, when a blue person tells you, you can't just dismiss them and say, well, you're too moody all the time or you expect too much or you have to listen to understand them. That's the other part. Very good. And that is... Um... Yeah, that that is a uh, truly get over yourself in the Hartman right. path 
um, get yourself, get truth, capital T truth, not personal truth, and then get over yourself, you know, is that getting over yourself is a lifelong are you over yourself? Do you think you're pretty over yourself in, in all More of so than I ever was, yeah, by, by a long, long shot. I, I just realized it doesn't work. Like, you're so limited when you do it. It's almost, when I do it today, I'm embarrassed. I'm like, oh, please, that was so petty. That's so in, inappropriate. Because you just feel it. It doesn't feel right. Whereas before, when I was younger, it was like, oh, no, you justify it. You defend it, right? And, and today, when I see people who are about themselves at the expense of me or about others, I'm really just more sad. I kind of look at it and go, you know what? Your life's limited. You don't even know. You're doing it. No one's making it happen. You're making it. Your life's limited. Um, If I'm in a professional capacity, I challenge them. I definitely will do that. If I'm in a personal capacity, I don't always say something. There's no Mm -hmm. point. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. No, that's so good. Because that that leads into this next question, which is, what are some tips for making? I love the way people write. They're so good. I love our our people. I love them. They're great. Yeah. Oh. What are some tips for making a crappy situation better? Trying to change my <laughs> attitude, but it's hard. <laughs> well, attitude is always tied to expectation. So the reality is that if you set an expectation that's unrealistic, you're going to have a hard time making a good thing out of a bad thing, right? I guess another thing I recommend to people is accept that life is sometimes crappy. Like it isn't always wonderful. I, I've never known somebody raising kids who's always happy. Like your house is always a mess. It's never really done. So rather than saying, I would be happy if I could clean this up, you might say, you know what? I'd much rather have these little humans in my life than have a clean house. Mm-hmm. And you shift the perspective you have on what's crappy and give it kind of a license to be okay. Mm-hmm. Kind of a good thing. Or you also might use a crappy situation to say, all right, so what can I learn in this? Like, so that's what they're doing. Mm-hmm. But what can I learn about how I can engage this experience differently? Mm-hmm. So if somebody's negative, you can say, I can ignore it, not pay attention to it. I can actually be kind to them, you know, understanding how much harder it must be for them to live in that negative kind of mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, I can ask if there's something I can do different that would make their life easier. Um, I can allow it to be. I mean, I, I've really come to that one. I realize that a lot of people I'm with don't really care to be happy. Okay, then let them not be happy. It's not the end of the world. So I, I think a lot of it's adjusting your attitude and your expectation of what you should be doing to improve it. I even say that with parents with kids, sometimes you need to let the kid just be the kid. Like they will not be what you maybe want them to be. Mm-hmm. I know like I have driven parents that are so good about making life happen. They have a kid who's like a sloth and it's really hard for them because they think they want their kid to live abundantly. Mm-hmm. And I have said to several of them, maybe you need to read up on sloths and start understanding what their way of life is and how it works for them and let it be okay. <laughs> you know, it's so good. There's a, there's a little animated, it's called, uh, I can't remember the name of it, but the sloth is the worker in the DMV. He's oh the, yes, I saw that. Yeah, so yeah, the woman. Good. The glasses. Yeah. And, and, and then she's like the DMV and she's like, like going to stamp something and it takes three minutes. It's like, it's so great. It's so great. That is excellent. <laughs> I love that one. And, and also Kat, you know, I, I really have come to appreciate maybe with age, I would not want to be that person. Like really, that is not a fun place to be. 
whether they're a sloth or they're they're um, uneducated or they're mean spirited. Like in all fairness, would you like to live inside of that body? And so it gives me a little bit more empathy for um, not having to fix them, but understanding it can't be fun for them either. Right, right, right. Um, all right. So that builds to this next one, which I think is like a one-two punch is what can I do to build mental resilience? That's from one of yeah. my people. You know what I like about that? Um, I feel we're entering a culture that is not resilient mentally. Mm-hmm. Everybody is depressed. Everybody is anxious. There's even the promotion of a little anxiousness is a good thing. Mm-hmm. So if you don't have it, then you're probably not as strong. I'm like, oh, please. That's such nonsense. The reality is if you need it, fine. Like when we talked with Cade, he goes, I was being negative because it maybe motivated me. I said, I don't, that makes no sense to me at all, but that's your call. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't take a negative like people do in the world today mm-hmm. and promote poor mental health as a positive. That is insane to me. So I think resilience is standing up to things. Like I'm dealing with a young man right now who said, I stopped being effective when I became an adult. I don't know how to adult. I don't know how to deal with things happening and adjusting. And so once I got out of high school and I had to make it on my own, I didn't have any resilience, no mental strength to do that. And I said, boy, that made a lot of sense because he was suicidal also. And I can see that when he was taking a look for an easy out. Let me just go because I really don't have the gifts to deal with adulting in life. Mm -hmm. So I think it's important that you look at the resilience by saying, okay, can I do hard things? Have I done hard things? My biggest complaint for young people today is they don't do hard things. Like they like skate what? around classes. Mm-hmm. They don't read the extra book. They read the cliff notes. Mm-hmm. They don't put the effort into being physically fit. They eat crap, bad food and gas stations or whatever. They're not doing anything that takes effort. They would then be able to kind of build a consciousness that I am a committed, disciplined person. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I feel like the way you get mental resilience is you go through hard things and you find a way through it. And that tells you, you can do it again and you do it again. You do it over and over again. Um, People that can't do that, they give up too quickly and they Mm -hmm. actually, they lose the essence of what I think life's about, which is learning how to do difficult things. Mm. Yeah. um, There is a sense to me in our world of, like you said, is like, you know, going back and, and depression. And I think social media is great. You can learn so much. We're on it. We're on the platforms to teach and help. And that's one thing, but you have to be resilient with social media too, which is you can't just go, Oh, depression is up 43% and and it's because of this, this, and this, and not do that work that you're talking about. Like, cause it can affect you. Like, see, we are depressed. See, Oh yes. I'm just, I'm, I'm, you're right. Everybody else is here too. Right. That's so good because the truth of the matter is you've got to have an identity inside yourself. Yes. That is different than what society wants you to be like. Like you have to be willing to set your own standard as to what life is supposed to be about. So when society imposes a falsehood, you're able to go, that doesn't fit my identity. That's not who I am. It's very important. People get that sense of what am I committed to? And I, I can remember Kat literally deciding to push through something just so I could believe in myself. Like you said, you would do it, do it. And that paid off. I, even my PhD, 
I've always said to people, it doesn't mean you're smarter and brighter. It means you are persistent. Mm -hmm. That is exactly what it means. You will stay mm -hmm. with something long-term. And that's, you know, I look for those markers in other people. People that really have markers that show me they actually stayed with difficult things, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And were resilient in life's challenges. So I, I it's really, it's a, actually more important today almost than yes. in 100 years ago. Like they need more physical endurance also. We need more mental endurance and resiliency. You're being hit all the time by social media. Mm -hmm. Always challenged on thought patterns and thought processes. And I think in, in the field we're in mental health, it's probably one of the most damaged areas where people are promoting ideas that are so fallacious and they espouse them as truth. Well, you know, it, it is, uh, that's the next question I was going to ask you, which is what are some things one of our people asked, what are some things modern therapy teaches that you don't agree with? Yeah, that's really good. I don't believe living together with someone before you marry them is the answer. Mm -hmm. I think the statistics even prove that. The reality is that if you're committed, you're more likely to succeed than if you're not. Mm -hmm. One foot in, one foot out is hardly is convenient, mm -hmm. but it's hardly commitment. Um, I think another thing that teaches not to forget, like they're out to get you and you have a right to hold your banner and protect yourself. Mm -hmm. Like we talked about at a podcast about armoring up. Yes. Mental health teaches a lot of professionals teach armoring up. And I'm saying, no, you need to get firmer within the stronger mm -hmm. with who you are. So you can not let them own you uh, as you go through life with challenges. So forgiveness is another big piece. Um, I think mental health. Uh, is we allow, we've lowered the bar on what we think mental health should be so people don't feel challenged to actually increase their mental health and improve. Mm -hmm. It's more like just surviving. You're lucky to survive. I'm like, that is not thriving. That's not healthy. It's just surviving. And it'll wear you out. I've always believed life is like the ebb, the flow of the tide. It's going to come in. If you don't build a beach that fights it back, it's going to consume you at some point. So you've got to be constantly challenging life, the ebbs and flows in order to find purpose in your life. Mm -hmm. I, I've been thinking about this. It's funny when you watch something, I started watching, it's called The Last Kingdom. And it's 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 really good. It's about how England, um, back when the, the Vikings were in and trying to take over England and the first king is Alfred. And, and, and right. it's, the, it's this church versus pagan, right? Um, yes. So the Danes versus the Saxons and, and the way the way they view God. And and I guess just thinking about it, Paul and I were talking about it last night. I said, you know, I said, we're just so lucky. I like we don't have to wake up every morning and defend our land. I mean, yes. we don't have to wake right. up and, you know, and say yeah. somebody's coming to take this over. So what do we spend our time thinking about? These things that so going out and finding that resiliency thing is really important because it's not built in to not like that. We don't have to no. defend ourselves. It's not built in like that. I mean, there's a lot of hard things that people go through, but I think you that's don't more have physical. It. I think yes. that's more physical. Yes. Today it's more mental. Exactly. Um, and just an interesting thing, but the mental piece of it is you do still have to go out and build the resiliency, right? You have to say, I it's am actually, going to. It's actually internal. Yes. That's, the work is all internal. Like you are to be feeding an internal resiliency. So what externally happens doesn't then own you or critique you or, or hold you back. That's what I'm trying to say. In the old, like we we're talking about the last kingdom. Yes. The reality was they were defending themselves physically or they would die. Right. 
Well, that's not necessarily happening today, but people no. are dying all the time emotionally. Yes. That's what I'm saying. Yes. And, and, I think, and so like suicide and all of the things that how we're dying right. and, and, and what we can't, you know, I, I mean, it's, it was pretty clear back then. Yeah. They weren't, you know, it was very unhealthy, of course, because they're like right, right. killing people but, for a piece of right. land. But also part of the problem I have with mental health is everyone gets a trophy. That is yes. not life. That is not reality. I am really good at certain things. I am not good at other things. I don't need a trophy across the board. All that tells me is I'm average in everything. It does not tell me that I'm genuinely good at certain things or if I can be respectful of others who are better at things. It doesn't tell me that. It tells me it's just about playing the game. So it doesn't really challenge you to get really, really good at what you, what you can bring to the table and appreciating people who have those gifts where you don't. So I think that's also numbing it down, making it average does not work for me. Yeah, making it average. And why do you think we got there? What made that happen in our world? We were afraid of or trying to... Well, you can look politically. If you look at that from communism and socialism, that's the essence of it, is everybody is the same, right? There's no drive to improve or get better. And you can go to the other extreme on capitalism, which can be very egocentric, and finances are everything, and they define whether you're good or bad. Um, but in my mind, the desire to improve and to grow and be rewarded for it, for legitimate effort and success, is more effective than saying, I'll just give you an, a certain amount and you can show up and just do average work and we're, we're fine. There's no real growth or energy in that, in my mind. It's like surviving versus thriving in mental health. Same yes. thing. Yes. I don't consider that legitimate. So really good. those are my answers to your question. Good. Yes, I guess. I guess I feel that you're getting ready to wrap up, which is my worst time of the day. So go ahead. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> it was great. Always a pleasure. You know that. You too, uh, listeners, we love you. Thank you for being our journey with us. Feel free to reach out to us. Let us know what's happening in your life. And we will see you next week. Bye for now. Bye-bye. Hey, Color Code family. It's Kathy Larson. I want you to take down a number. I want you to put this in your contact list under the people code. The number is 385-526-2350. Again, 385-526-2350. Text the word VIP to that number and you'll get back from us a request for your name and your email. That way we'll be in touch with you on anything that's happening at the people code, any offerings, exciting things that are coming up. And you can let us know what your needs are by texting us at that number. Look forward to staying connected even more. Thanks so much. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.